it's harder to get lost in our ego if we're in service or thinking about others. It seems like it's protection almost against our ego running away with us. In the 12 steps, that's the sort of fundamental principle, Samson, is that the summit of spiritual endeavor is service. That we're not on a spiritual quest so that we can sit on our own in a cave and meditate. Yeah. Engage in spiritual practice so that we can help people in a very sort of Christian way, like help the poor, feed the hungry, that kind of deal. And like that, there's practice to it. That way we know we're doing it. You know? Welcome back to episode number 73 of Connection is Magic. This week, we have a huge guest for you, Russell Brand. Russell and I caught up for a conversation last year. We touched on topics such as ego and entertainment and politics, how to use adversity to our advantage. We touch on some interesting philosophers, Marshall McLuhan, Terrence McKenna. We also get into the importance of having a spiritual practice to bring with us back into the world so we can do more good. The goal isn't just to sort of sit in the corner of our homes meditating, but to bring that work that we do on ourselves to the world and have that ripple outward and a whole host of other incredible topics. And I can't wait for you guys to check this one out without further delay. Let's get right into it. Here we go. Welcome, everybody, to Connection is Magic. I'm your host, Samson Shulman, a former music executive turned podcaster and coach. In a world obsessed with the highlight reel and keeping our difficulties hidden behind the curtain, we end up feeling lonely and isolated, and opportunities for human connection are missed. On this podcast, we dive deep with our guests and get them to share those dreaded, unfiltered pieces. We learn how to make lemonade out of life's lemons and realize adversity isn't sent to break us, but rather shape us into the greatest versions of ourselves. We appreciate you spending some time with us. Now let's begin our journey back home to connection. Hello, mate. Hello, Russell. How are you? I was looking forward to this, man. Oh, thank you. I'm looking forward to it as well. You know, our paths are like oddly similar in some ways. I do a lot of volunteer work as as well, actually. I've been working with Meals on Wheels. I saw you doing a little uh, food banking yourself, right, recently. Yeah, I've been thinking about... um, the sort of practice of volunteering I think it's good Samson because I think what it might be doing is it sort of places you outside otherwise we default to commodifying ourselves we default yes, to everything yes. we do is for money Russell I got so many questions man um you do you do TM right I've been I've been doing TM for eight years and it's been a godsend quite frankly I think it's been Maybe a little longer, maybe it's 10. I've been doing, yeah, it's, it's, it's powerful, isn't it? It's incredible. And I've heard like the research is it shrinks the amygdala. Have you heard this? Like when you do it, it has a cumulative effect of almost shrinking the amygdala. So the fight or flight response is like sort of dialed back a bit. So you can almost be more equanimous when the waters get choppy, which Russell, we're in choppy waters right now. So I feel like it's so important. Yeah. I was in entertainment for 10 years and I worked in the music business. I, uh, I basically kind of got disillusioned with the music business and I found that my ego had basically kind of taken me hostage with my time in music. I was like all about the next accolade, all about the next this, the next check, the next that uh, until I just had a mental breakdown basically and I lost everything financially and um, I had a near-death experience at this time. So it's weird, man. It's like the universe will first like whisper to us and then it'll like tap us on the shoulder. And then if we don't listen, I feel like it just like clobbers us with like 
a cosmic two by four. Is any of that relatable for you? Like I wanted to definitely touch on that with your experience entertainment. Yeah. I've had it a couple of times. I think that sort of sense that um, I was unable to receive information or messages until it became unignorable. Yeah. Part of my practice now, like step 10 in 12 step terms and in more sort of mystical terms, I've heard sort of uh, a druidic friend of mine says, listening to the whispers of the winds, mm. which means like sort of just staying tuned. In my prayer every morning, I ask to be in tune with the what I call like, you know, just the signs and symbols of the I day. I love that. So that, so that I see, and sometimes it's subtle things, you know, synchronicity. Like just the other day, for example, mate, I was just as I was like, I wake up a lot in the night and whenever I wake up, I meditate. If I, you know, that's the good yeah. route. When I take the good route, I sit and meditate. And like, um, for some reason I start thinking about Marshall McLuhan, a sort of a philosopher from like 20 years ago who found it, who sort of coined the phrase, the medium is the message. And I was just sort of thinking about Marshall McLuhan. I'm friends with the artist Shepard Fairey and mm -hmm. I know he's into um, Marshall McLuhan and then the next day like when I was walking my dog I there's this podcast I love called Philosophize This with this guy Stephen West he breaks down different philosophers and the philosopher he was doing was Marshall McLuhan so I was like oh wow I never think of Marshall McLuhan and last night there's no reason I'm thinking Marshall McLuhan and now here's this podcast of Marshall McLuhan so I of course listen to that podcast with Marshall McLuhan and he's just talking about how and this is predates the kind of technology that we're all dealing with how you know he what he means by his phrase the medium is the message is that we ultimately become the technology around us we become indistinguishable from it so many of our relationships are conducted through media so many of our opinions are received through media it almost yeah. becomes impossible to live he and McLuhan like defines media as any extension of the self a telescope an extension of the eye tv extension of the ears and eyes and now where we are in this immersive thing he said like you know like immersive technology it's like he he says our nervous systems are being extended. And I've often thought that perhaps much of what technology is doing is replicating inherent abilities that we may have had. We may once have been able to commune telepathically with one another, to intuit pre-language. I do believe in the idea of a golden age, even though some cultural analysts say that the idea of a golden age comes from our shared individual memory of being in the womb and having all our me needs immediately met that yeah. like we were in the garden we were kicked out of the garden but i think that that this is not the only possibility for our species you know when we're talking about how to organize a society i don't think it's within these parameters of vote for this person or vote for this person i think it's sort of wide open yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, as you share all that, I'm like, okay, well, what's the next chapter of what you're sharing? Are, are we going to merge with, you know, are we going to become one with technology and lose our sense of humanity? I mean, that's kind of dark, but I've heard Elon Musk, you know, talk about some of that stuff. It feels like what you're sharing. Seems like that's one possible route. And I've heard about that stuff as well. But that my hope is that we will rediscover arcane principles more in line with what terence mckenna talks about i love terence mckenna yeah me too man he's fantastic we'll just rediscover our kind of relationship with sacredness and and kind of hmm, I, I guess universal principles that's what i guess i'm hoping that we will 
whilst I embrace and love technology, certainly medicine and communications, I feel that the way that it's me, both of those fields, for example, are mediated by consumerism, commerce, and commodification yeah. is problematic. It's like that quote, man. I don't know if you know uh, Customato. He was Mike Tyson's trainer. And he has this quote that says, um, you know, it's like, it's some things are like fire where, you know, they could keep you warm or cook your food or they could burn you alive. And I feel like technology is like one of those things. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. All things perhaps are like this. Yeah, like utility, like yeah, you can mobilize things in 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 many ways. And I suppose what recent events have led me to consider Samson is that unless there is a sort of a fundamental shift on the level of consciousness, yeah, there, it it can't change society. How is everything going to reorder? How is everything going to become peaceful? What's going to happen to all this divisiveness and? that conflagration where's it going to go unless people start reaching out to one another and sort of like that so that's why i'm interested in transcendent and ulterior states of mind what's like when you said that you were taken hostage by your ego i think that's the cultural norm that's the norm that's that's most people if you look at like trump or johnson or any of the rhetoric or or surround politics it's ego based 100 percent communication. And I feel like one thing that can sort of break down or sort of be antithetical to ego is almost connection. So I've created connection as magic, right? So I would love to know your thoughts on why is connection so magic? It's like they say the opposite of addiction isn't sobriety, it's connection, right? I'd love to hear you weigh in on that. I know that quote and I agree with it, that quote, yeah. that connection, whether it's connection to yourself others or a higher power or a higher set of principles i think connection is really important i also heard um carlo rovelli the quantum physicist recently say that at the most rudimentary level of reality matter doesn't exist except for in relationship to other matter so he's hmm. talking about the subparticular realm a realm that's like literally impossible for us to imagine we're not even talking about atoms and neurons or electrons here we're talking about whatever the fuck goes on below that level when he said that to me in a podcast that the you know the the most fundamental level it's relational it made me think that all of us exist in relationship that you know there is the inner world and the outer world perhaps there is a division here there is you know communication between all of us so for me that um that is an interesting way of highlighting the significance of connection that reality itself requires connection reality can't exist in a sort of a singular space. Then tie that back in with the ego, Russell. If you feel connected with your fellow human beings, I don't know, it seems like seems like it's harder to get lost in our ego if we're in service or thinking about others. It seems like it's protection almost against our ego running away with us. In the 12 steps, that's the sort of fundamental principle, Samson, is that the, the summit of spiritual endeavor is service that we're not on a spiritual quest so that we can sit on our own in a cave and meditate yeah engage in spiritual practice so that we can help people in a very sort of christian way like help the poor feed the hungry that kind of deal and like that there's practice to it that way we know we're doing it you know yeah saint francis vibes you know what i mean but yeah, I feel like they say you got to, I got 15 years in program though, Russell. So we kind of have that in common as well from, a gambling, addi- from a gambling addiction. Right. Well done. I lost my father at age 13 and I, 
Thank you. Thank you. And I, I assume after it picked up a gambling addiction, man. And I heard you speak at Wanderlust. Um, this would be a few years ago. I don't know if you remember that. Uh, yeah. You were, yeah, you were talking about yeah. being, at, being at your bottom. Remember this? You were talking about being at your bottom and some woman told you you're brilliant for finding heroin or for finding this drug to keep you going. Remember that? Yeah. So yeah. That, really, that really hit home for me because you know, I found gambling um, and all addiction was, was Eckhart say, all addiction starts with pain and ends with pain. So that's some real stuff. But, but I really, another thing I wanted to really key in with you because you're such a unique individual for this again, is like my experience in entertainment and again, becoming disillusioned. You know, I had a guest on Russell, my podcast recently, he's a music guy, a music producer. And he said, you know, you didn't belong in the music business because you actually cared about people. I mean, this guy said this to me with a straight face. What is it about, I don't know if you know people in the music industry. I assume you know that space as well, right? Or people in it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would love your insight on, you know, even in the film industry, I feel like there's maybe a lot more Harvey Weinstein types than there are grounded individuals, you know, who actually care, if that makes sense. I just would love to have you... I think you're right. I think these these problems are systemic. And I think that, to be honest, that the answer is perhaps simpler than we might have imagined. And it comes down to capitalism. And capitalism demands profit, the creation of surplus wealth. That means you have to take people's labour and create profit from it. Now, when you're working in the arts in particular, you're dealing somewhat with mysticism, at least when it's any good. And if you're dealing in the commodification of mysticism, that's a kind of reverse alchemy. It's the turning of gold into lead. And so I I suppose what it is in the industries we've worked in, I've met amazing people in film and music and, you know, fucking, I've got friends that work in high finance. Amazing, lovely stock market traders that are like full of heart and sort of spirit and see it as a game and it's not real and all of that. But like the systems, and that's in fact part of the problem when we're talking about politics in particular, is that the individual is ultimately redundant. And Yanis Varoufakis, the former leader of Syriza, said that when he met like the most powerful person in the EU, who was some sort of German politician, who was the treasury minister or whatever, Mm -hmm. he said that he recognised that this person only had the power that that role afforded him. So that person couldn't ever go, hey, why don't we just get rid of all debt? And you know, like, you know, that person is not allowed to do that. So the system is static. There can be some conflu, like some uh, transitions within the system. Oh, this week, this is the big famous music star. This week, this is the, you know, like, but actually the system is remaining the same. So the, the whatever values that system is built upon, the mm. ultimate values it's built upon is profit. The, you know, so yeah. take a case like Harvey Weinstein, like he would have been, his behavior was tolerated because the, the, he, they had the power that came from the wealth that he exactly. generated. People with no money can't carry on like that. That's very, very true. Um, you know, you also said, Russell, I heard one of your interviews, you talked about, I think the quote was, you felt like deeply painful experiences have the potential to be used as jet fuel for spiritual and personal growth. You remember sharing that? Yeah. And as somebody, man, who's, I've lost my dad, chronic illness, addiction. Um, I switched schools eight times. So I was constantly bullied, you know, just so much adversity. Right. But I found a way Russell to use that to become this 
incredible version of myself. I've, I've used it to grow. Why do you think some people take that path and then other people take the other path? I don't know if you could like, you know, articulate further or what do you think the key is to using adversity to your benefit versus having it sort of do away with you? It seems to be attitude, but like, mm. I don't know how that attitude is altered. And something like, uh, say, sort of self-pity, you know, like sort of over-identification with your own misery is, mm. you know, like means that you're not going to progress. The person I'm doing like a podcast with in a second mm-hmm. is Edith Eager. And okay. she is a Holocaust survivor and philosopher wow. and sort of uh, was taught by Victor Frankel, who wrote, you know, Man's Search for Meaning. Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah. So, like, you know, like, and what, like, they, how, what I personally feel is that, that suffering, in a sense, is showing you the truth of your life. The truth of your life is transience. The truth of your life is death. And the, but, you know, in Buddhism 101, desire is the cause uh, of suffering. So whether it's the suffering is that I want a new pair of shoes or that I am in pain because I've lost my father, you know, like you still going to drive you to the same place. And I was almost inclined to say when you describe your suffering, you know, God must love you because God wants you close. Because in the end, when you experience that much pain, you recognize there isn't anything else. There isn't anything. Mm, It frees, it liberates you almost. I really appreciate what you're doing. And I'm grateful to you for your time and thank you thank you thank you russell really thank you for conducting this conversation in such a mindful conscious and interesting way it's like a great chat it's a pleasure man it's a pleasure thank you russell thank you my friend bye-bye thank you so much again for tuning in to today's episode it really means the world to me if you heard anything relatable that created new awareness for you please visit our podcast on itunes and leave a rating or review this helps build our audience Please comment, like, and share this episode out with your family, friends, coworkers, or anyone who you feel would benefit from the messages shared in today's episode. I'm really, really grateful for your help in spreading these messages of hope and wisdom. The world is in such great need right now, and your support helps carry the message onward to others who need it. Also, please consider becoming a monthly financial contributor to the podcast. You can do so by visiting connectionismagic.com and clicking on the Patreon link. Patreon is a third-party platform which helps support creators in exchange for exclusive content and offers. You'll be able to get discounted merchandise like comfy hoodies, t-shirts, as well as retreat discounts where we'll have special guest speakers and group activities to connect you with like-minded community members. Again, thank you so much for tuning in, and until next time, please stay connected.